Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. We just launched a brand new golf podcast called Fairway Rolling, where Joe House is joined by a rotating cast of Ringer and Golf World personalities every week. They'll break down the latest in golf headlines and news from social media, keep up with everything Tiger Woods, and delve into the world of golf gambling. The first episode was just released earlier this week, with new episodes being published every Monday going forward. You can download and subscribe to Fairway Rolling on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, Jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Russ Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to them. And you're listening you're to You're listening to and You are listening to You're listening to The Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to The Masked Man Show. I am your host, David Shoemaker, and I'm being joined here by a man who is very, very upset that Dean Ambrose stole his gimmick of quitting his best job. <laughs> the king of sad style. He's back from retirement. Dan St. Germain. How you doing, man? Now I'm American badass biker Dan St. Germain. <laughs> oh, I came man. in here with a, with a Harley, some, uh, a cutoff jean jacket, and Kid Rock playing. We have uh, a lot to talk about. Because it's been a fun week. We had the Royal Rumble on Sunday, um, and and uh, the WrestleMania picture is coming into focus. But the news of the week is kind of amazing. It's uh, Dean Ambrose has uh, apparently given his notice. His contract is up after WrestleMania, and he has already informed Vince that he does not plan on signing a new contract, despite the fact that they offered him a big raise and uh, you know a lot of a lot of uh, back padding and whatnot. He said no. I'm on my way out. Now, because this is wrestling, and, uh, you know, because they actually had him give the indication that he was about to do a work shoot promo on Monday night, there are a lot of people theorizing that this is all a work. Um, and it should be, I mean, it should be said that it seems like Meltzer and you know, the people who know these things, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, are reporting this is totally straight. He's done. He's fed up with his character the way his character's been treated by the silly stuff they've made him do you know coming back from that injury i think took a toll on him there's a lot of different stories floating around but but yeah he's he's if if we if we assume this isn't a work and we'll talk about whether or not it is uh this is this could be bye-bye to i don't know someone that we that this show in particular has had a uh unique relationship with yeah i, I it seems legit i was you know, but then Dolph Ziggler came out as the surprise spot in the Men's Royal Rumble. Yeah. So, <laughs> and everyone, you know, like he was kind of hinting that he was gone the past couple weeks. Yeah. So, and who knows? Maybe he'll he'll leave when his contract is up. But I, it, it's it, it it's it's pretty shocking. I mean, maybe he just wants to creatively do more at AEW or wherever he ends up, New Japan. Yeah. I'm not sure. I can't imagine being on that schedule. Either that's what I was thinking. My my fiance last night was like, "They get do they they get time off?" I'm like, "No, they never get time off." 
And no. it's just something we've like readily accepted as a wrestling fan. No, it's it's crazy. I've written about it a bunch and talked about it, and it's it's the schedule is is, I mean, it, I get it that that's the life, and a lot of them like the life, you know. I mean, a lot of them enjoy being on the road that much, and and uh, that sort of weird itinerancy. But but you, you got to think that like, and Dean too is is traveling with his wife, so it's not. I mean. If you want to assume that that's a that's a positive, that yeah, I mean that he gets a lot more kind of uh, relationship time than your than other wrestlers get, you know. Yeah. So who, I assume that makes it a little bit easier. But it's I mean if you think about whatever job you do, whoever's listening to this, if you're busting your ass. We all feel like we're working 80, 80 hours a week, even if we're not. But you know, for those of us that are working just like tons nonstop. Imagine if you just woke up one day and you're like, oh, my contract's up and there's another job out there that'll still pay me 80% of what I'm making, maybe 100% of what I'm making, and I have to work like 20 days a year. Of course you'd take it. Right? Also, I mean, a- if you were, and presumably he's saved, he's put back a lot, you know, put a lot of money in the bank, who knows, but you know, whatever, he's, he's made a lot of money over the years. Well, he doesn't seem like a guy who buys a new Bentley every two weeks. No. He doesn't. Um, I don't think he has Ric Flair problems. Yeah, I mean, it's just like if if you're if you can go be if you can go do the Chris Jericho lifestyle 15 years earlier, like why would you not do that? He also could be. I mean, I really hope that WWE doesn't job him out for the next couple of months out of spite because you know his return in a couple of years could be big. He's young enough where he'll still be able to work when he comes back if he decides to come back yeah. in like three or four years or something or whatever it is. Well, I think. What's really frustrating for me is that this was the this this should have been the right reboot, and it see as weird as it is that uh, there's nothing that wrestling that the that wrestling overall does you know ha- consistently can do than like get that awesome pop on somebody's return, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. nothing more purely wrestling than like we haven't seen this guy in three to nine months, and we're just so excited, right? Mm-hmm. But WWE just like has so much trouble with these just like which should be easy reboots. They just fall into these same rhythms over and over again where Dean Ambrose gets this opportunity to totally refresh and somehow he ends up just kind of being regular old Dean Ambrose and like everybody has the same complaints. Him and Seth have a blood feud that blows off or that theoretically has a blow off that's like just a weird, the best match I thought they match. had in this second feud. Not the first feud. They had a lot of great matches. Yeah, the first feud was good. It was great. The Wimberjack match was great. Even though the dusty finish, uh, I, I like the ladder match they had. Um, but this this Monday night match was the best match they've had out of. But there was just kind of a lot of stinkers before that. Yeah. Um, I, when I was reflecting upon Dean Ambrose, I, he's almost like the uh, the best that never was in in that company. Yeah. In the sense that after the Shield breakup, he without a doubt had the most buzz about him. Like, people were trying to, you know, the company was trying to stick Roman down our throats. But he was getting some pretty big pops. It wasn't really approaching Daniel Bryan or Austin pops or Becky pops, but it was getting up there, and he was a guy that you could probably put a title on, and and people would have gone with it. Yeah. And then when he came back as a heel and he did the heel turn, it was it was really interesting to watch. Yeah. But it I'm, just never paid off. I get I, I've taken a lot of shit over the years from Dave Schilling and his acolytes for... But it, for an overstatement, but I do believe, I mean, I do ba- stand behind the the sort of uh, gist of it. But when he was champ, when he was WWE champion, they used him to relaunch SmackDown, basically. He took the belt over there when they started the Universal title and did that whole thing. Yeah. Um, he was, 
he's so when he's the champ, when he's the when he's the guy, he is a million times more over than he is all the rest of the time. Right. And him just standing in the middle of the ring with the big with the main title of a show felt like he was the biggest champion WWE had had in 10 years or 15 years. Like he at that there were moments where the crowd's reaction to him as the number one guy is transcendent. It's when you put him in a smaller program, like you know, similar to the one he had with Wade Barrett around WrestleMania 31, mm-hmm. it does lose a little of the luster for for whatever reason. I think even going one on one with Seth, not for the title, just doesn't feel that like there's that he he could take he somehow can go to the next level that only the best of the best can, but the best of the best then can do it consistently. They're not dependent on holding the belt. All that is to say, uh, yeah, he he he's had his moments, and and to go back to the Shield splitting up, like you brought up. I mean, when when the shield started, he was the guy. He was the only one that talked. I mean, he, not the only one, but he yeah. was the he was the mouth he was the mouthpiece of the group. He had more kind of indie cred. He had indie cred before indie cred was cool. He had more charisma than both of them combined. He, he was Rowdy Roddy Piper for a new generation. He was going to be awesome. Obviously, by the time they split up, Roman had the rocket, the jetpack strapped to his back a little bit. But Seth's heel turn to break up the shield was like, the power of the. The reason why that was so powerful is because everybody was expecting Dean Ambrose to do the same thing. It was like Seth basically leapfrogged Dean Ambrose and that made it more shocking, right? It suddenly like like the 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 clean-cut baby face of the crew. And and I really enjoyed Seth's ter- heel run. And oh, no, some, it was fantastic. People, some people I get a lot of flack they're like, "Oh, he wasn't a he wasn't a believable champion." I thought he was pretty good. Well, we're going to see how believable a champion or at least a top guy is in the, over the next couple of weeks. Okay, so one, so before we get a, too far away from Dean Ambrose, or before we get away from him, we also should mention that Hideo Itami requested his release. Hideo Itami, a.k.a. Kenta, uh, Kobayashi requested his release and was granted it. Um, the speculation is that the reason why, and, and they're, you know, half the roster, or not half the roster, a bunch of people have apparently have been rumored that want their releases now because of AEW, and WWE saying no, um, reasonably, uh, from their point of view. But but uh, Kenta asked for his release, and they just said sure. And so the speculation is that he's promised to only work Japan or something. You know, he's not he's not leaving to go to All Elite or to go to anybody else. That's the speculation, and maybe they're just doing it doing him a solid because, you know, he was he's a wrestling legend that uh, just never caught on in WWE and whatever. Yeah, I mean, he was injury prone. Unfortunately, that happened right when he was coming up, and. Yeah, and I'll, I mean, he he signed. By the time he signed with WWE, he had been, I'm not not on the downside of his career, but his body was showing the wear from the style that he had worked for a while. And I don't know if it, you you can draw a straight line and say that's why his body, that's why he started getting hurt and whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot of stuff about. There's a lot of people, people who are mad online over the years about him not being allowed to do the go to sleep because, and they assume it's because it was a punk move, and they didn't want to even reference CM mm-hmm. Punk on the air. But there's also the thing where like he couldn't pick up most of the guys and really sell the move. I mean, he's yeah. I mean, it's a different thing when you're picking up guys who weigh twice as much as you. Well, I don't know. See, I don't know really the New Japan schedule or the... or. Uh, it was in Noah. Pro Wrestling or, Noah was yeah. it where he made his name. But there's... People have already suggested he might show up in New Japan just to pop it. But again, he's got to work super... I mean, he's got to be in tip-top shape to make that work. So Yeah, we'll but see. they work less dates. Yeah, 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 for so, sure. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just he just never it it, it just never it never quite worked, and it sucks because he was one of those guys who you know people of our generation and the younger generation like he was one of those first dudes that I like like sought out on YouTube, you know, like mm-hmm. when when like the internet whatever message boards that I was reading like reached a critical volume that like I could tell the difference between one guy I'd never seen and another guy or something, you know, and and I was like I gotta find this Kenta guy is everybody keeps talking about him. Um, but yeah, uh, so anyway, he's, th- that's, that's real. The question with Dean Ambrose is whether or not it's fake. Now, as I mentioned on Monday night, he lost to Seth clean. And if it hadn't been for all this stuff, maybe you say, and uh, he waited for that curb stomp too. Yeah. Like he like put him over, put him over like Hogan, put him over. Oh you yeah. You see him waiting for that curb stomp. It was crazy. Yeah, I would love to see a supercut of Dean Ambrose waiting for finishers. He's really, he's like his, it's maybe the best slash worst thing in his entire repertoire is like his like dazed face waiting for the finisher instead of just like like do, being completely out of it like most guys. He'll like stand up a second early and kind of go googly eyed and just like <laughs> wait for a thing. Um, but yeah, so so he, he lost totally clean, which if this was, you know... It, I guess it makes sense. Seth's moving on. He's he's. Uh, it, we'll, we're we're going to talk about the Royal Rumble in a sec. But Seth won. Spoiler alert! And he's going to be fighting. And double spoiler alert: He's chosen to fight Brock Lesnar. It appears at WrestleMania. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't. But that seems to be where we're going. Seems. I think. WWE but, but regardless, it. Dean Ambrose probably won't be a part of it. So uh, they had to just sort of put that little rivalry to bed, or more to bed than it was already put. Uh, so th- it makes a little bit of sense that they would just you know let that be let that be ended with a clean finish and they got to really start pushing Seth like crazy but then the next segment begins with Ambrose sitting on a chair in the middle of the ring saying don't boo me I'm trying to be serious right now and then and then he says when I first signed with WWE and then gets cut off by Nia Jax's music um so I guess they're trying to put over that he was like gonna shoot but got cut off it's all very weird. I mean, I, I just, I hope that the, if he really is leaving, that that's it. Yeah, for a while. I mean, I, I'd, you know, Rumble. We hinted at a, you know, I think he got eliminated by Alistair Black. I'm not totally sure. That's right. But he did. Um, that that would be a pretty cool feud. Dude, by the way, there are a lot of people at the Rumble who were talking about, oh, he just got tossed by Alistair Black. It's sort of like a knockoff. I mean, that Rumble was, for, no matter what you think about it, the roster roster wise, it was stacked. There was like. <sighs> One joke person in the entire thing. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of guys who could have, in another year, could have been the person who eliminates 10 people. It was all very sort of methodical and slow. And I thought that, like, even the NXT guys, I mean, Aleister Black, like, why not? Like, are we gonna really going to look back in five years and be aghast that Dean Ambrose got eliminated by Aleister Black? Absolutely not. And I thought he had one of the high spots. You know, he was one of the entrances I got really excited about. For sure. I, I wasn't... You know, I didn't love the men's rumble, but we can get into that later. But uh, to say that it wasn't, you know, full of talent is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I get. I think that I think we'll know next week, right? I mean, so after Raw, the rumors came out that he asked for his release. Subsequent to that, WWE had formally released a statement uh, that said, you know, we've come to terms. We or John, we not come to terms with the release that says uh, Jonathan Good. Dean Ambrose's real name, Jonathan Good, is not going to be working for the company anymore. He's not going to renew his contract. We wish him the best. Um, 
I guess it's weird that you would even put him on TV knowing that. It's even more weird that you would do the little work shoot spot from a totally separate point of view, from just a creative point of view. It'd be much more effective if you had him start talking and then went to commercial, then fade, then went to black instead of have him go to Nia Jax coming into the ring when it's clearly a part of the show. Like it's like a bad, make it look like a real shoot. Um, I guess we'll know if he comes back next week, you know, because there's not much to do with him unless, un- unless it's fake. Yeah, I, you know, like I said before, a program with Aleister Black, I think, I think would be great. I don't know how much more he can do in NXT at this point, but I think the more interesting, and I, and I think that this is a, this is just going to be a bigger question for AEW, is you know WCW relied so so heavily on former WWF stars or WWE stars. Uh-huh. Is AEW going to do the same thing? The rumor, I mean, the recent recent talk is that the answer is no. Um, that they're specifically not. Or someone had a had a someone had a quote about that recently. Jericho that, said they're only interested in eight talents. At WWE or from across all the promotions, um, yeah, and I think that that I think trying to be WWE will will not work in their favor. I think it has to be somebody that you can really you really feel like you can do something with, um, and somebody that's really sort of you know in sync, someone who's like simpatico with the with the sense of humor and the ethos and everything else. Um, I could there, there's a there's a I mean. I think for if you want to cherry pick people that they would be you know that would be fun to see there. Well, I mean, frankly, for me, you just kind of start at the bottom of the roster. You yeah, know? I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Kento would be awesome to see there. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. But like Tyler Breeze would be awesome to see there. Like you know, I mean, there's a bunch of people that didn't quite make the transition to the main roster who would be like, yeah, just that give them a whole different creative, a whole different group of people to work with. The revival versus the Young Bucks makes a ton of sense. I'm not sure if bringing Johnny Moxley over would... They're already bringing Jericho. That almost fills that Johnny Moxley void, right? I mean, as far as like the the veteran WWE guy who could work, you know, who was never the top, top guy, but yeah. was always in the main card. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that Ambrose would be a huge get if they could get him. Huge. I mean, yeah, I think he'd be a lot... Of, he could be a lot of fun. It'd be something to be... I mean, he was... It's not like the guy can't work. He didn't. He didn't put together like a track record of five star matches in WWE, like I think we kind of all hoped that he could. But the guy can do a lot of stuff, and his right. pre WWE stuff, and even his FCW stuff was. I mean, he, he had a lot of good matches. He had a lot of good matches in WWE, but it would be fun to see what he would do week in and week out, working for working with a totally different set of people with a different set of rules. Also, you don't need when Austin was at his hottest, he had already passed his prime as an in ring wrestler. Yeah. You know, his best stuff was with Bret Hart. And then after he had the neck injury, it was, you know, he, he basically, you know, we give shit to Cena for the five moves of Doom, but there was really only a couple moves that Austin could really pull off anymore oh, yeah. compared to, you know, the Hollywood blonde well, days or his first times in WWF. I think what makes, I think that what makes Seth Rollins, I mean, I, watching Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre wrestle for the 45th time. I'm so impressed because I never get tired of seeing them work together and they're both like whatever WWE style means in 2018, 2019, like that's what they are. And they both are just like with the right opponents. They're just amazing. Um, I feel like, I feel like 
there was time there was an element of Ambrose's style where he like over internalized the WWE style, where he tried to be too WWE or something, or whatever. Or like he misunderstood, or he just took it too literally or something. I don't know. But um, but he's awesome. And if he is gone, it'll be really sad to see him go. Uh, because especially since this return and he's just been his presence, his vibe has been just different enough. At least it was for a while. I, I just think there's so much untapped potential there. Also, I do kind of, I mean, deep down, I think I think this is a work. I think that I think they're going to take him off TV. They're going to act like they're going to have him, you know, do what they should have done with Sam Punk. Yeah, exactly. Because look around WWE right now. There's like they're they are either reworking or right or or like appropriating random moments from wrestling history left and right. Like different moments of success for WWE are just appearing out of nowhere. Like, you know, Nia Jax and the Rumble and the Men's Rumble. Or like, you know, just like even Becky Lynch doing her best Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonation. All the Alexa Bliss have and you know being being half nude backstage. I mean, like these are like moment like they're like replaying all of these like just scattershot moments from wrestling history. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they if they were just like let's do that CM Punk thing again. And Dean Ambrose is the guy, and we all believe it, so they've chosen the right guy if it's true. And if they're smart, they'll just keep him off TV, and then they can just have him run in through the crowd with a you know kendo stick at WrestleMania and ruin. Seth Rollins attempt at the title and we'll have him back. We'll see. I don't know. Probably uh, just a fantasy of mine. He could easily come back. I, I still think WWE makes the most sense for him right now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of, you, you can put yourself into his head and ask a lot of questions like, your wife just got this awesome job. Maybe just hang out for one more year. Right. Insinuator, you know, <laughs> whoever. But, yeah. Or just hang out with your wife. Yeah. yeah. I could, uh, that, that would be easy for me to do. I, I would love not to have to work again and just hang out. All that said, that's like silly and beside the point. And we don't know anything about them as people. So who cares? I think it's a work anyway. Um, well, we'll see. That would be funny if he just, well, yeah. If he interfered for the Seth and Brock match, then we get another Dean and Seth program, though. What if he interfered to help Seth? That I mean, that would be cool. Or, but I, I, th- I thought that they were going to have Roman help Seth, and that's how he's going to go over. But I guess I really think how Roman's feeling. Yeah, I don't know how Roman's feeling. He's apparently <clears throat> healthy enough to film a movie with his cousin The Rock. Uh, and from what I heard at the very beginning, and didn't really talk about, like this is like you don't want to overhype this stuff. This is the like. Best the like the best case scenario, so best that like no one would ever, no doctor would ever say it out loud, is that like Roman Reigns could have made it back, potentially made it back for Mania. But I don't think they would have known far enough in advance to book him. I don't think they would have taken the risk. I don't think he would have you know been excited to do it. But like right. if he just responded really well to the medication, he'd get back in the gym after a month and a half or something. Like that's feasible, right? The problem with all of that is that like he can't. I said this, I think, a week or two ago. You can't have Roman Reigns come back as a surprise, right? Because you have to announce his return. You can at Mania. Maybe just a run-in. A run-in at Mania. But, like, you couldn't have put him in the Rumble because, like, you would spend the whole match scared that he's going to die. 
right? Like you have to, it's like yeah. with Daniel Bryan, you have to, you have to preemptively convince everybody that he's okay before yeah. you see him take a bump. That, he, that's my, that, that, that I think is a bigger worry. I mean, it's more important than the shock value. But I feel with Daniel, you know, and I'm, I'm ignorant when it comes to leukemia, but I feel with Daniel Bryan, it was like more of like, I'm nervous he's going to break his neck in the ring. Yeah, but aren't you worried about that with Roman Reigns? I mean, I guess if yeah. you see him, you can assume that he's okay, but like... that That's what I'm thinking. Like, if you see him, you assume, okay, I guess the medication worked. The problem is like when your body is like fighting off cancer, then like your whatever, your spleen or whatever, the, the thyroid, they all just like inflate. So the pro- so like if you take a bad bump, your in your body, then your internal organs explode. Like it's, it's really... You yeah, can't that sounds do pretty that. bad. Yeah, you can't do that shit. But, um... Uh... But yeah, so anyway, I don't know why we're talking about him, Roman Reigns, except that I, his, he's, his face has never left my mind since he disappeared. <laughs> um, the Royal Rumble. By the way, can we, a little bit of a detour here. The Rock needs to stop promoting Hobbs and Shaw. It's just too much. He's the, promoted that wait, the, goddamn movie. The, the trailer dropping on Instagram. Friday. I, I know. It's just, dude, a little bit less. A little less. He's been promoting this thing for two years I'm now. A li- I got to tell you, I'm a little bit concerned. The the best thing that he's done since he left WWE, mm-hmm. I'm not the best. I'm I might probably the best is the Fast franchise. Is being yeah, it's Fast the, Five, Fast Five, and, and and the movies that have come after that. But the but Fast Five in particular. But what made it good is that it was a pre existing property, and I love all the movies that he does. But there's something about it that sort of restrained The Rock. You know, it's like it's like a wrestler working in a new territory under certain rules, and it's just like oh, I didn't realize that. Whatever. I didn't realize that like Jericho working the New Japan style was going to be like such a perfect fit or something, you know? Yeah. Or Juice Robinson recreate himself into something. Well, I guess it's a bad one. But um, but him doing his own fast movie, it's just going to be like the other rock movies. It's just bizarre. And he's also, and he has like Samoan family that is a huge part of the movie. Like, does every rock person, like character need to be the rock with a different shirt? What's just bizarre to me is that Jason Statham's character in that movie murdered one of the Fast and Furious guys, and yeah. now he made a fast he made a face turn. But it's hard to do a face turn when you murder somebody who is a beloved character. It is that's true, but that happens with every. I mean, The Rock started off as a villain. He didn't murder. Did he murder? He didn't murder anybody. I don't think he murdered anybody. Uh, but he did fight with Vin Diesel. That's true, but he was he was he wasn't a villain though. He was like he he was. Do you think that? Do you think that the he was an antagonist, but he wasn't a villain? Do you think that the uh, that the the box backstage in, at WWE that they make the short wrestler stand on for interviews is <laughs> is the same size as the box that Vin Diesel stands on when he's in a scene with The Rock? <laughs> I think they have to put a muscle suit on him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The, the, I'm I Hobbs and Shaw has my two favorite actors in the world, but I am I am uh, I am I'm starting to get nervous, man. I didn't. I. I, I don't. Th- I just don't think I needed a Samoan backstory. Your two favorite actors are The Rock and Jason Statham. Those are your two favorite actors. Yeah, and James Judy, Judy Dench and James Dame Judy James Judy. I really love both of them a lot. James Judy Dench. Seeing them together has always always been exciting for me. Um. So the Royal Rumble. Um. Was exciting. It was long. There's a part of me that felt like they uh, they decided to put on a seven hour show just so to, just so when we complain about how long WrestleMania was, they'll be like, "Hey, you said you liked the Rumble, and it was long." I mean, the Rumble was 
That's the unfortunate thing about these shows is if they cut them in half, it would have been the best. It would have been the best Royal Rumble ever, right? Yeah. Because the the Becky Oscar match I loved the Miz. Let's let's run through it. Uh, well, I mean, Rude and Gable de- defeated. Uh, Wait, Scott Dawson and Razar to see which one of their tag teams would have a shot in the future. So right, I totally missed that. I had no idea that even happened. Yeah, everything else I'm aware of. Trust me, guys. Nakamura over Rusev, which was kind of weird, but at least it tied into what happened later in in the night. Which is, I mean, that made anything that happened in that match worthwhile. Also, the U.S. title picture is sort of hilarious on SmackDown right now. Um, uh, Buddy Murphy's match was. I mean, he's just amazing. He's amazing so wrestler. great. There are other people in that match too, but yeah. He should get the Mustafa Ali treatment and be moved up. Yeah. I mean, see, he seems like more of a natural fit than Mustafa Ali, except that maybe he looks... Does Mustafa Ali work because he's little? And Buddy Murphy, if he put on put 30 pounds back on, would just look like a regular wrestler? I mean, I think that like they're doing a lot of business in Saudi Arabia. I'm sure having a, oh, yeah. a Muslim wrestler in the forefront is going to help. But Buddy Murphy could be Muslim, just you know. Yeah, just like uh, like he converted in yeah. Australia. Sure. In Sydney at the Sydney Opera House. <laughs> You've heard of that too, huh? Yeah. Uh, Asuka and Becky Lynch was a really, really good match. Yeah. Um, it was uh, seventeen over seventeen minutes long, which is really long considering how much more they had to cram in the rest of the night and how it was just sort of a functional match. It was interesting that Becky I don't tapped out. I don't actually I don't have a a loud opinion on this on on the finish. But there were a lot of people that were like, why not? Why did you make it a clean win when you're building Becky or a clean loss for Becky, I guess? Um I think I, you should take it all together that they just like wanted let they let Oscar look as good as possible and none of that really matters for what ended up happening to Becky. Yeah, and also we're thinking about this in terms of WrestleMania 13 when Stone Cold didn't tap out. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking about this in terms of that UFC is a big thing and we've seen badasses tap out. Yeah, that's a good point. So a badass can tap out now and it's more believable. Uh, yeah, I think the no, I think the no tap out would have been fine. But oh, and, there, and there's also the fucking reality of the concussion protocol that if like I know it's a work but like if some if if you cut off the air supply to somebody's head until they pass out then maybe they shouldn't be allowed to wrestle later that night if we're really gonna go with like the this is a real sport kayfabe the concussion protocol yeah there's a little bit of talk and I don't think there it was ever really real but there's a little there was a little murmur that Jack Swagger who won his first Bellator MMA fight over the weekend or on Saturday was would they would like shotgun him into just a random spot in the rumble just for a pop, um, and somebody smartly pointed out that like I mean that once you after you fight a UFC fight you can't do anything competitive for seven days or twelve days or something like that. I mean it's just like you're bound to not do it. Yeah, I mean I actually stuff. trained yesterday and I'm beat up. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be doing this podcast. Right I, I now. shouldn't be doing this podcast. Uh, I'm I'm actually in a medical bed with an IV. <laughs> Uh, Miz and Shane, the new best tag team of all time, defeated the bar. It was fun. What is going on? If you had to guess right now, or is it going to be Miz versus Shane at WrestleMania, or is it going to be Miz and Shane versus somebody at WrestleMania? Here's what I want to see, and this spoiler word from from my uh, podcast on Saturday, but I want to see Shane and Vince versus 
Miz and his dad. Oh my god! In a tag match, is that and why then, we're seeing his dad? Somewhere? And then Mrs. Dad like turns on him, like hits him in the head with a Jimmy Buffett, uh, Margaritaville koozie. You've gone too far. Every Maybe, time I see Mrs. Knuckles dad, in the middle of it. It, it, he looks like such a parrot head. We were talking about oh, that. Oh yeah, for sure. Every time I see Mrs. Dad, I could see Mrs. Dad every day for the rest of my life, and and every day I would just be like, "Whose dad is that?" <laughs> <laughs> if he if he maybe if he mashed a little bit better I mean uh, he's the most dad looking dad I've ever seen I know but he looks like a very like he'd have a very specific son and that son is not the Miz he's like definitely if he, if he were your dad I could buy it a little <laughs> bit more he's definitely bought a female body inspector t-shirt <laughs> in Tampa <laughs> oh man that's great um but it is really cool and then the, the little the, the thing on the th- it, they're, they're kind of doing like a like a What's the best? What's the most recent example of like a a heel like a split, a team split that like they just dragged out over and over again? Was it was it Jericho and Kevin Owens where they where they they finally did the festival of friendship gimmick? But it was like for like two months before that they were like every promo seemed like the breakup. And yeah, then it turned I think out that's to not the be. model. This is sort of that because like that thing whatever they were doing on Tuesday night. They they were trying to make us think that Shane was about to turn on the Miz. Like every time he gets a microphone, it's like, actually, Miz, I've got something really special I want to tell you. And like the only line that can follow, having watched forty years of wrestling, the only thing that can follow is like hitting him with a chair. And you're like, I've got a big surprise for you. Close your eyes, and then it's like, hey, your dad's here. It's gonna be so bizarre because I, I guess the move is for Shane to turn heel on the Miz because the Miz is getting like legit pops now but the Miz just doesn't work as a face he's working as a face now to his credit the last time he was a face when he had flair in his corner and he was doing the figure four it just didn't work no, so it's terrible i mean how are I they mean, gonna do comparatively terrible i mean i think you have to maybe follow the mick foley face model like you make him face model you make him like kind of lovable goofball instead of trying to make him a this badass uh, face, yeah. Or this white meat baby face. That's just not going to work with Miz. You know what I would do if I were booking this whole thing? I would, I would sort of, I would start with where you are, make it be like a father son situation, mm-hmm. and then have the Miz turn on his father and and take on Vince as his new adopted dad. Like <laughs> Vin, Vince ditches Shane. Miz ditches his own I like father. That even better. And Miz and Vince are now like a like a like an on-screen father. They call each other dad and son. And I love that. And they're just like the heels of SmackDown or of Raw, whatever. As long as we get like one spot where Mrs. Dad tries to do coast to coast. That'd be so funny. You know, like at at Access before WrestleMania, they have a thing sometimes uh, before other shows too, where they, where you like can call you you can be the announcers. Yeah, have you, are you have you seen this? I've seen that, but I've never done it. Like back in the day, they used to have a thing where like and the you, one time I did announcing, it did not go great. Yeah. So. <laughs> back in the day, they had it where like you and your buddy could get in there and just like call. They'd have like a couple <laughs> of matches to choose from, and like you and your friend could just scream over microphones together. Now they have a thing. I talked to Tom Phillips at SummerSlam. I think it was SummerSlam last year, and he had just gotten off doing like six hours of it, where he just sat in a booth and like people came and called matches with him. Really? Yeah, and I mean, it's like like thirty seconds of a match. It would be like this. It would be like the end of Austin of Austin Hart, or the end. You know, just like the big big endings, and you have like four to five matches to choose from. So Tom's like knows what he's doing, and you know he's prepared to do this, but he plays off of your reaction. And you can kind of do whatever you want. Mick Foley getting thrown off the cage and you're screeching or whatever. And um, 
Man, they should Tom, have, Tom must really love that. Part of the job. But uh but you <laughs> but you could um they that'd be awesome if they had a thing at access where just random people tried to coast to coast and it was just every person <laughs> ends up on a stretcher just say <laughs> I just I had another idea for a WrestleMania dream match. It's the Miz and his dad versus Shane and a mystery partner, and then Shane brings out Nicholas <laughs> from last year's <laughs> WrestleMania. Oh, that's great. Oh, there's so much fun stuff you can do with dads. Anyway, Ronda Rousey defeated Sasha Banks and went to what was a really, really good match. Um, I really love that match. In some ways, Sasha is the perfect Ronda Rousey opponent because we've said before, everything that Sasha Banks does at this point looks like she's about to die. Yeah. Uh, and when she gets tossed around and Ronda Rousey, despite having now a run of how many great, like truly good matches, um, still is green enough that you would, that you half believe that she's about to kill someone every time, you know? And someone said, uh, who will not, who will remain nameless, uh, someone told me that, I mean, just kind of someone affiliated with WWE joked with me that, uh, Based on their real life personalities, Sasha versus Ronda is the match most likely to end up in a shoot. Well, they know they, Sasha's made like no sort of disguise over how she feels about Ronda, right? I mean, I think Sasha's working. I don't think she really, be, but but she's one of those people that it's like, you know, the old saying that like every joke has an, a grain of truth in it or whatever, but you don't say that, you don't make that, you don't, you don't use that line on just everybody who makes a joke. You say that, you say that to people who like you believe or like some people are just have that little dickish air about them. And you're like, no, you really think I'm an asshole. Like you're really making fun of me right now. And uh, Sasha's one of those people that you just believe that she believes whatever she's saying. <laughs> everybody fan I'm not talking about people backstage, like fans all believe that she's being serious, even when they know that she's sort of trying to sell a match. Anyway, but yeah, so uh, it was a really good match. I really thought that it looked really believable and violent, but even Sasha's, like, when she was doing her stuff, it looked really convincing on, on Ronda Rousey, and Rousey was yeah, Ronda selling really work. well. And, she um, can talk, but she can work. The only thing that didn't quite work for me is that is that Sasha had to do the, like, double back to the ring two or three times to do the four horsemen symbol, or four horsewomen it was symbol. Just, that was just too long. Yeah, it just lasted, because at that point, at that point, you'd waited so long that the only thing that would have satisfied you is like the rest of the horsewomen coming out and brawling. You know, it had just taken too long. Yeah, I mean, I think that that was also how the uh, entrance was was shaped, having that having that yeah, corner. Our to frame turn. of reference was off all night, and we'll talk. I mean, that was true of the rumble too. Um, we'll skip the women's rumble real quick. Daniel Bryan beat AJ Styles. Um, Let's, this is a good time to take a little sidebar and talk about the fact that Daniel Bryan... Okay, so Daniel Bryan won with the assistance of Rowan. Rowan. Not Eric Rowan. Which, by the way, I love... I mean, I don't love. I understand. I don't agree with, but I logically can talk, can understand that Vince prefers one-named people or whoever it is backstage. They just want the one name and it's more whatever. But if your gimmick is that you are you are a more intelligent person than people realized. If you were a sort of like modern day Pacific Northwest hippie right. that wears khakis and flannels and like horror movie t-shirts and, you know, you believe in ultra liberal causes, like, you know. It should really militant. be Eric Rowan West Sr. Right. Like give him a longer name. Yeah. Eric Rowan is like the dude that hangs out at the coffee shop. You know? Yeah. Eric Rowan sounds like a guy 
who like talks about his bicycle frame a lot. <laughs> you know, like give him the full name. I don't know. Anyway, but so he came back in what is one of the greatest repackagings in the history of pro wrestling and uh, is now Daniel Bryan's like vegan heater. And um, yeah, everyone, everyone at my um, at the rumble party that I was at was like, oh, it's such a bullshit finish. But I was like, this presents a lot of interesting storyline possibilities. The match suffered because of where it was placed in the card. But storyline-wise, I'm for, like, a Wyatt family, but, like, a Daniel Bryan version of it. Yeah, I think, I mean, Meltzer said that anybody that goes after Becky Lynch, because this this came right after the Women's Rumble, that that was a doomed spot for whoever. Nobody's ever getting over in the spot after Becky Lynch at yeah. this point. And, and, and that's true. They also kind of decided to work a very uh, different type of match than their previous matches. They were just kind of doing this sort of, like, clinical style that I think works well in theory and works well maybe in certain venues and on certain nights and certain spots, but um, I can't. It seemed, I, I couldn't tell if they were working the way they were working to sort of like just take their own, take their lumps, eat their vegetables, and just like do something interesting because they were going to get ignored anyway, or if they, or well, if they thought just... that was going to help it stand out. It just did. It didn't. It just didn't fly. And frankly, no one that I was watching with remembered anything that happened in the match except for Eric Rowan's existence five minutes after the match was over. Yeah, I. I mean, it seems like the house show matches between AJ and Daniel Bryan have been great because yeah. I've been watching clips of them. You know, the one where the ring rope breaks and uh-huh. just the promos back and forth. So why don't you let him do that? Let him do that. I mean, I, I think if Nakamura versus AJ proved to us that the New Japan style is just not going to work in WWE. Yeah. So having a tremendous work rate match isn't going to work. I mean, in my opinion, besides Lacey Evans's performance, the women's rumble was like kind of a dud until like the last ten entrants. Like I really didn't enjoy watching the women's rumble until the Becky finish, and the Becky finish was so great that I was like, "Oh, that was a great rumble." Sure. I didn't care. And, and the, Nia the, Jax taking her leg out, I loved all that so much that I I forgot about the first half of the match. Yeah, the women's rumble was not. Uh, I think I mo- I think I basically agree with what you said. And then the men's rumble was. Just felt really rushed. Men's rumble wasn't great, but especially because last year's men's rumble was was terrific. Yeah. Last year's men's rubble was, you know, the the old guard facing off against the new guard. Yeah, we didn't have those moments. We didn't have those moments. Um, uh, Before we get to the rumble, sorry, Brock Lesnar defeated Finn Balor. Finn looked like a million bucks until the moment that he lost. I love that match. Um, That might have been another one to, you know. People got pissed off. They're like, they buried Finn. Like, they didn't bury Finn. No. You got a ton of offense in. Maybe putting him in a program with Lashley's burying That's him. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> but the, the mat, But on the uh, the night of the Royal Rumble, he was not buried. No, he looked great. He looked great. He had a game plan. His dad was in the front row, too, but they didn't bring that up. Um, no, yeah. Weirdly, he and Miz have the same father. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Hey, man, parrotheads get around. Um, <laughs> son... I spent one weekend at Cabo Wabo, <laughs> and that's where you were conceived. Um, the uh, so that that was a fun match. So anyway, to the Rumbles, yeah, the the women's Rumble, the women's Rumble, and we, I mean, I'm sure I said this, but everybody knew this going in. There was only one storyline: the women's Rumble. It was going to be the the main event, the Ronda Rousey WrestleMania match, was going to be set by the women's Royal Rumble. It was either going to be Charlotte or it was going to be Becky, re, you know, injuring herself or whatever, and it, and it ended up being the latter, and it was fantastic. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, it was exactly what they needed to do, and it'll be a fun road to see how we get to WrestleMania, and it'll be fun to see if they're the main event. They're, they're already talking about it, being, or Becky is saying main event out loud, which is a nice power play. Oh, it absolutely should be. The, the, the men's rumble was, I mean, there was a lot of fun stuff. We started off with Elias and uh, Double J. This is the thing that I wanted to talk about most, was Jeff Jarrett in that outfit... In 2019, I mean, he looks like just a character on an episode of Real Sex, you know? (laughs) He looks like the dirtiest Reno Swinger, and I love Jeff Jarrett. I mean, he was the nicest guy that I met in All In, but Jesus Christ, just give him the shorts. He already has a a decent body for an older guy, but you put those viscera straps on him, and it just seemed indecent. It did, it did. It seemed like a suburban key party or something. The thing that we've heard... (laughs) The thing that we've re- that we've learned over and over again in professional wrestling is it's not how much clothes you have on; it's which clothes you have on. Yeah, it's something as simple as like like taking off a knee pad can make you look naked. You he know, looked like when like the town mayor gets caught in a sex scandal. <laughs> look when he came to the ring with the hat and the three straps. It was so bad, man. And then it's they a, turned Elias for no fucking reason. They did that with Rusev too. I, I don't. I don't understand it. Maybe they have a. I think. I mean. I think long term Elias works better as a heel, but I just don't get it. Is he permanently a heel now? I, I don't know. They had him beat up Road Dog the next night. Yeah, but they were heel. I mean, I think of Road Dog as a heel anyway. I mean, he's beloved. They were. They were booing the shit out of him. They're. They're cheering Jared who came out. Um, well, Jared's awesome. Jared also looks like every uh, dude with a little bit of money in Arizona. <laughs> it's funny that the most like compelling look. I mean, Jeff Jarrett had like, when I was growing up, he had that long blonde hair. Yeah, and he was one of those guys that when you rewatch now, it was like he was he was he was playing a wrestler. Right? There were so many wrestlers from the '80s who had the long bleach blonde hair that like would never have had long blonde hair in real life. Even if they had, you know, if they or they had, had the choice to make themselves, they were just doing if they saw another wrestler do it, so they did the same thing. Yeah. The most compelling the most believable look Jeff Jarrett's ever put on is when he played the youth group minister in Spring Breakers. You remember that? When he would had like a we had like one scene. It's like No, I've never God. seen Spring oh, Breakers. Oh, you got to see it. He's just, they just randomly cast Jeff Jarrett as a youth group minister. And it's like the <laughs> most amazing thing you've ever seen. Is he seen. good? Yes. He's amazing. Incredible. I got to check it out. Oh, it's just look for the scene. The whole thing. I mean, it's exactly what he is. He's just a, yeah, he's perfect. Anyway, um, he did look a little bit weird. Uh, I think it made it all the more funny. And I'm glad to see that they've, I don't know, doing something with Elias now. Um It'll be it'll be interesting to see when they finally settle down with him and figure out what they want to do. He seems to have kind of gotten the short shrift in the new WWE thing, new era in WWE. What else exciting happened in the Rumble? There wasn't a ton of crazy spots. No, there wasn't. I any, mean, everybody the, knew Mustafa Ali was going to eliminate Samoa Joe. They'd been sure. building that up. I mean, Nia Jax coming in, and then even then, you felt kind of weird. Uh, cheering three dudes beating down a woman what do you, you think what, what is your take i don't know man it's that's a hard that's a real hard one to call i it, it's it's like the 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 better part of me is like we really shouldn't be encouraging you know men and, and women fighting in the middle of the ring be, but then there's also a part of me that was like well 
If she faced Randy Orton at WrestleMania, that would be the first interesting match she's had in like 10 years. Yeah. So I, I have mixed feelings about it. It's funny because they were is the Candice LeRae was in the women's rumble. And I don't know what the deal is with her. It seems like they're content to let her sort of like only exist when necessary. She was a face too. Yeah. You're right. And she she doesn't have to turn heel just because her husband's a heel. She'll no. if that whatever. But she's in this like the super, you know, neon colored gear. And she's just the purest baby face, the whitest of white meats, yeah. right? And the only thing they have to say about her is, is like, what, that she's got a heart of gold? Like, what do they keep saying? I don't even know I, what it was. I, I tuned out. It was just like, she's got, is that, you know, she's got this indomitable spirit or something. They just, you know, they had like one line they said over and over again about her. And, and, um, well, Rhea Ripley looked great. No, but, but Candace LeRae, like, the, the crazy thing is, like, it's, I don't know why they don't use her every week. And I know I sound like such a wrestling nerd for arguing about this, but like, and also like, how can you not tell a story with her? It's the easiest thing in the world. She fought death matches against dudes. Like she is the most awesome wrestler, the female wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like they, it's so easy to tell this story. Maybe you're hamstrung by the fact that her husband keeps, you know, is is in the middle of this crazy storyline and you've acknowledged that they're together, but I don't know. She, it seems like that, that it was just, it just stood out. I don't, I mean, if she's would rather train people than, Wrestle, that's fine, but I just, I don't know. Anyway. Vince is only going to want a, a woman who looks like she can beat up a dude, whether it's China or Nia Jax. And Ron is an exception because she was, you know, the you know the biggest thing ever in yeah. MMA for a while. Well, so we have women fight. We have, the, she got in the ring. They did a great job teasing us with, with uh, whether or not the guys were going to do lay a hand on her or whatever. And it's been a little bit of tension on that in years past. But you know what? Like, they used exactly the right people between like Ray and Randy because like both of them have, you know, enough respect that we're, that people aren't just going to immediately turn on them. Ray, everything is a cartoon, so it doesn't really feel, and he's tiny, so it doesn't yeah, feel like it doesn't that big feel of a deal. Randy is just like so. <laughs> Randy, it feels like something he actually believes. <laughs> That's we were saying that and my friend, my comic friend Scott Chaplin was saying that. Where it just seemed like he was very into getting his offense in. Well, that's Randy Orton for you. Um, but here's the thing: they did some some moves on her, and like the world didn't end. You know, like that yeah, was fine. It's, you got it's one of those things you got to be careful with. But it's like, man, I would watch. I would watch the hell out of a Nia Jax versus versus Rey Mysterio WrestleMania match. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, um, oh, that would be great. But I. You know, I, 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 I'm like, oh, should they really be doing this? And then I, I've been rewatching episodes of The Sopranos where, you know, guys are killing women all the time. So yeah. why should wrestling be any different? It's scripted entertainment. Yeah. And it'd be fun. Yeah. Who do you I think she should face? Do you think she should face Orton or Rey Mysterio? Oh, definitely someone smaller than her. So Mysterio. I would almost rather it be like the, Yeah. Or what's the guy um, from 205Y, the British guy with the mustache? Jack Gallagher. Jack, yeah. Jack Gallagher. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be perfect. But so you're right. Rhea Ripley looked incredible. Yeah, she looked like Diesel. When they when they call her up, it's going to be, she's. I mean, I, I presumably, I guess it's, I, I can say call her up because she's in NXT UK, right? We're not pretending, NXT UK isn't like a separate company or something weird. But when they when she makes it to the main roster, eventually she's going to just be incredible. She embodies that character so well. It's going to be awesome. Um, and 
you know, there were a, a lot of there were a lot of big moments. I mean, there were a lot of fun little not big, but fun moments in the in the women's rumble. Um the but the biggest thing of all clearly was Becky Lynch entering herself. And um did we ever get an explanation as to why Fit Finley was the man who made that decision? Ah, uh, they're both Irish. But like what like They're both Irish, right? Yeah. No, one, one's not Scottish. But if you're Joe Average watching WWE, are you aware that Fit Finley is a backstage employee of WWE? And even if so, do you are you under the impression that he has matchmaking powers? I think that's way more interesting than having Vince come out. At least it's something we haven't seen before. And also, toy, then you could toy with the storyline of he didn't have really the, you know, he didn't have the authority to let her get into the match. You know, there, there's well, if more they do that, they do then that. that's fun. They could still do that. I mean, apparently they still want to do a triple threat with Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda. Ronda, even though nobody wants to see that anymore. They want to see Becky and Ronda. If it were me, I would have done. I don't. This might be counterproductive, but I think I would have put Stephanie out there and let her like come to like look Ugh. at no, but let her make the gimmick that she's about to take credit for the women's Royal Rumble. I fucking like let let her come out. Let her let her just kind of like sit halfway down the aisle on a little elevated pedestal and like be like preparing a speech. No, and then and then she gets then like everything goes to shit and. Uh, she's trying to help Lana, and then Becky comes out and it's just like, "I'm going in." And no shows. more McMahon's. It's going well. well they, they, they have taken him away. It seems like on it, Tuesday night going they had well enough without him. I mean, they, you know, they have them put in strategically now, which is a little better. But no more authority figures. I mean, Shane was obviously all over. I mean, on SmackDown because he's a wrestler now. But on Tuesday night, I thought it was interesting that they just had um, Triple H's head appear to announce a match instead of like having a McMahon or anyone come out to say it. Um. Anyway, Becky Lynch. So you said they're they're looking. They're still talking about a triple threat. Um, you know that makes some sense. I don't have any problem with that. The three of them. I mean, they'll tear the house down either way. Yeah, but I'd rather see. I just think for the main Ronda event, Becky. I've said this in various times over the past couple of months. I just, I guess, my concern is that like the triple threat might actually keep it out of the main event. The fact that it's a triple threat, you know, because triple threats don't necessarily feel like the big main event matches I and mean, Vince people have said that about Vince that he doesn't oh Wrestlemania 30 no there's a lot of there's always counter examples but you know anyway let's run quickly through the men's rumble Nakamura do you have a problem with the US champion entering the Royal Rumble do you think that diminishes his belt no me neither um, it's already a diminished belt no Johnny, offense to U.S. Johnny Gargano had a nice little, uh, had a nice run in the, I mean, not little, he had a nice big run. He was there for 14 minutes. Um, He looked like a small child compared to some of the guys in the ring, but um, he was fantastic. Samoa Joe is always fun. Samoa Joe on Tuesday night, for anyone that missed it, cut the most insanely, insane, insanely good promo he basically was just doing it. He was like, got to the dais for the roast. Yeah, and he, he just roasted going. everybody. <laughs> he did it. The Jeff Hardy AA wine was the best night of the night. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Shut your mouth while someone else shares. <laughs> it's like, has Joe been to a couple AA meetings? He's he's he he's impressive, man. They just they should they should let him. They should just don't even give him the SmackDown title. Just let him have his own show. <laughs> just start a new promotion. Um, <laughs> 
That's what they should do, by the way, to compete with all elite is just just get like one one creative person and like, you know, like SJF. Yeah, exactly. Or just or just get just get uh you know, Daniel Bryan and just say like, you know, pick a team. Like we're like playing kickball and like you get to go start your own promotion. And we'll give They've you kind of already done it with NXT, right? Yeah, but just to have something that's occurring at the same time. You know, going toe to toe and just saying, we'll just, you know, we'll give you production budget, just like make a show. It is gonna be interesting to see how they because the first the next big uh the first really the first big AEW show is gonna be in in May, right? Memorial Day. Yeah. I think that's right. I may or may not be there. Um so what is what is the WWE gonna do to counteract that? You know they're gonna try to make because they're gonna try to do something huge. Yeah. Have like the Undertaker's Surprise. retirement match or something. Yeah, or maybe they, maybe maybe you're right that they consider it more of an NXT com- com- competition and they just do a thing like they're doing for halftime heat on that night. Although asking guys to counter program with their against their friends in 2019 feels a little bit weird. Um, I mean that that'll be a little bit touchy. It doesn't feel weird. Uh, Kofi's uh, spot of the year was a little bit. He whack. fucked it up, right? I thought two feet hit. See, it sure seemed like it. Um, Alistair Black looked incredible. Looked great. Two who, nights in a row. We didn't. Who t- he got? Who did he get eliminated by though? Uh, Baron Corbin. Ugh. The great Baron Corbin. No way, Jose. I think was really spectacular. I got so pissed off because we were betting on the Rumble, and that was my slot. Oh no, that's terrible. You might as well just leave at that point. Yeah, I, at that point, I would have sure. taken. I would have taken him out of the running. <laughs> it's just unfair to whoever grabs him. Uh, Drew McIntyre looked good. But not as good as uh, someone might have thought he was about to do because he's does seem to be on the cusp. And Braun Strowman, when he came out, I think everybody assumed he was going to win, and yet they decided to go with Seth Rollins. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering. I still think you can save Braun as a giant face. I mean, I think put him against Brian at Mania. Have him be a surprise entrant for the Elimination Chamber or something. Well, I mean, I don't mind that. I, I'm surprised. I actually walked out of walked away on Sunday night thinking that Rons was going to call out Daniel Bryan. Really? Yeah, it just seemed like an easier sort of fit because then Braun could still do Lesnar and and Brian and, and the storyline with Rons is easy to write, right? I mean, and and also they they kind of I thought they sort of put a bow on the AJ Daniel Bryan feud, um, but yeah, just to have Rollins say he's he was my friend and my idol and. I want to wrestle him at WrestleMania. It seems like an easy thing to book. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think they want I think they want Roman involved in that match somehow. We'll see. I think the only way to do that is with Rollins. Whether it's just like he comes in and he spears Paul Heyman or something. Yeah. Um So, uh, yeah, I was surprised they did it. I think that it's there's, you know, a story today that it was Triple H really pushed for Rollins. And certainly their their interaction on on Raw uh, backs that up, right? I mean, it, it looked like they were older brother, younger brother. Yeah, and just super happy. I mean, Triple H was so happy for him, and, and Seth was giddy, you know, in reacting to it, um, in reacting to Triple H. Uh, what's your opinion on last week? Uh, I th- you know I talked a little bit about who the potential, and I wrote about who the potential next face of wrestling of WWE is. And Braun Strowman's obviously up there. Drew McIntyre, um, 
of, of the people who are already on the main roster. I'm not litigating. You're not talking about NXT. I'm not. I, I'm not. I know Keith Lee deserves to be on the list, but you know, we're not talking about him right now. But Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Daniel Bryan. You know, these are big names. But when you're looking at who's going to fight, uh, who's going to fight against Lesnar at WrestleMania? It's like, is it McIntyre? Is it Strowman? Is it is it Seth Rollins? And then like the after that, it's like, well, maybe is it Dean Ambrose? You know, there's a there's a couple more. I mean, Bobby Seth Lashley. Is, Seth is the only logical choice. Well, I mean, Str- a lot of people thought it was Strowman going into the Rumble, but they've just fucked that up. Like at No Mercy and at Crown Jewel, they've just they've just run that into the ground. I just think looking back over the past year, it's like, and I wrote this like Seth was sort of like the the headliner hiding under our noses the whole time. He's been the best part of Raw for a year and a half. You know, yeah. I mean, he's been he's he's He's, you know, he's he's not like Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock, but I don't think he's ever going to get there. But that doesn't mean he can't be just as valuable. Well, he's like a Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, like he's a trans. There is no next face of the next face of Raw. You know, I, I, I with Becky when she gets there. But uh, I mean, the, no, it's true. I think it's it's Becky Lynch right now is the hottest. Uh, um, is is the is the hottest thing they've got going? So. I think for sure, and I think if I think once you've reconciled yourself to Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey and maybe Charlotte being in the main event at WrestleMania, then you can go. Then you don't have to find, you don't have to take Dave Batista out of the mothballs to fight Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you know, like you can go with a little bit more of like a a quality safe bet. And also, there's just like at some point you just got to like say this is the guy that we got. You know, Rollins almost feels like an old NWA champion where like before, like in the flair in earlier days where it's like, we're just rewarding work. We're rewarding talent and work ethic. Yeah. I Look, he's the safest bet. I think an interesting bet would have been Matt Riddle having him come in, win the whole thing because he's an incredibly believable opponent for Lesnar. He's got MMA background and his vibe is so much different than Lesnar as far as like still having that dude from Big Lebowski, but he can, he can go. Yeah, um, I think I think that, but you know, again, you're rolling the dice with that because you know he still doesn't have the promo ability of a Seth Rollins. He doesn't. And he's not, he's he. I think he's got a little ways to go, but more importantly, he's, he's I, green. Yeah, I think it's it, they do a lot of. I think you know they'll put some they'll put people right on TV uh, down on NXT, but I think that I think he's probably still a little bit more in the. No, he's not a trainee like some of these guys. He's not green. He's not super green, but I think there's a little bit of personality testing going on right now with him too just like anybody would unless except for the real old timers like AJ Styles or Samoa Joe or somebody like that I think there's just some there's a point where you're just like got to make sure you're like like you're gonna mesh with the band you know and yeah I think it's always it's always difficult I'm looking at Rob Van Dam's career and he was you know he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever and you know I loved him in ECW and and I and I liked a lot of his work in WWE but the laid back thing always has to be counterbalanced with something more visceral. There's something it's I, I was compar- But I think he has that. I was comparing so. him and Rousey actually the other night where it's like they all they're both like kind of like the, they've created the characters for themselves and in some ways that's cool and it's more realistic. You know, we don't need like everybody to have like a one-dimensional gimmick, but they they both seem to have like one thing too many in their yeah. in their characters. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about Rousey more in terms of presentation than like what she's the way she talks or anything. But uh Anyway, a lot more cool stuff happened this week. We're a freaking out of time. Um, happy birthday to the man, Becky Lynch. Happy birthday. Um, she, you know, it, it, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, 
Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin also has birthdays. So there's a little bit of a parallel there between Becky and <laughs> Steve Austin. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I'm sure we're forgetting a million things that we need to talk about. It was so a big week. It was, it was, it was. Thanks to everybody who, uh, who voted on our on the Mass Man Show Twitter account at Mass Man Show to pick the tag team name for my and uh, and Goldstein's babies? I think the winner was the Fart Foundation. Um, you guys are real mature. Well, I come on, cry, <laughs> cry and tie was really good. Cry right? and tie, I love that. Um, thanks everybody who listens to the podcast. Yeah. Thanks for Dan. Do you want to plug anything? Um. You know, I have stuff to plug, but the, the thing I think that uh, is the only thing I want to say is I, I lost a good friend of mine a week ago, Kevin Barnett. He's hilarious. Um, so, you know, check out his stuff on YouTube and, you know, Comedy World lost. Uh, we lost one of the great ones last week. So uh, uh, love you, Kevin, and hope his family is is getting through this. And uh, yeah, yeah. Check it out, guys. And I'll be performing in Tom Gunn Live. <laughs> <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Jim. And uh, check me at the Looney Bin in <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island. Thank you all for listening to the show. Apologies and bon voyage, Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 